Hello and welcome back to the Ask Adam and Ryan show. My name is Adam Welcome. And my name is Ryan Sheehy, and this is a show where you have questions and we have answers. So last week we uh, missed posting an episode just because life kind of got in the way, way. Life and travel and everything else. Yeah, yeah, it was just a busy, busy time. And so we're taking uh, the opportunity on this three-day weekend to get an episode recorded. Four-day weekend. Oh, four-day weekend. Yeah, most people don't have the the 40 weekend. So no. try not to rub that in, but I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, yeah. So what have you been up to Adam? Oh man, we missed the show. Cause I was like back to back travel in New York for four days, came home for a few hours and went to Calgary. It was negative 10 in Calgary. Holy uh, thankfully I didn't have to be outside too much just from like the house to the car and the parking garage to the, to the office, uh, where I was, but it's all good, man. And, um, Got a couple of marathons coming up, and I've been sick, but I feel like I'm getting my legs and my training back in. So that is uh, that is solid. And uh, yeah, man, just rocking and rolling. And uh, going to be in Chicago in a couple of weeks with you. That'll be fun. Yeah. The ICE Conference and uh, just outside of Chicago and Schaumburg. And then uh, I'll be in New York that next week. So hopefully all the polar vortex uh, will be gone done. from the Midwest. So how about you, man? What's going on? Yeah. So just uh, life. last weekend we had a, uh, we had 16 soccer games <laughs> between three of my kids and I refed an additional five. Um, so I think on Saturday I put in like um, 29,000 steps and it was a busy, busy day. And by the end of the night, I was wiped out, and then we woke up nice and early on Sunday morning, did the same thing. So, yeah, pumped for Chicago, for ICE. Uh, hopefully, a lot of you will be at ICE, and we'll be able to connect and hang out. Um, we're doing that in a week, well, a little over a week now, and just, you know, things are heating up, man. It's a uh, super busy time at school, and lots of uh, lots of different things happening, so it's been fun. So, let's go ahead and get to question number one. What do you do? When parents chew you up and spit you out, that is a great question. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's such a real reality, you know, and yeah. um, I I can think of a couple different situations, um, things, realities of my life that still are part of it, you know, where parents chew you up and, you know, it's really hard because I take, I take the job personally, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, I did not get into this job to mess any child's life up, to argue with parents or anything like that. And, you know, sometimes um, parents come at you that way and say that everything is our fault, your fault. This is you're the reason why this happened or such and such. And I really have to take take a step back and um, put myself into their shoes. And, you know, thinking about my own children, I would do anything for them. And I have to remember that even though these parents are coming at me sideways, they think what they're doing is best for their child, even though it might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're coming at it from a place where they really care about their child. And so that that always helps me with perspective. It doesn't make me necessarily feel any better, but it helps me with perspective, being able to sit back and think like that. Yeah, I would just say, you know, I don't take it personal. And uh I can remember when I was a teacher, there was this thing going on. We were going on a field trip and this somebody's husband didn't get chosen to go on the field trip as a chaperone, even though he hadn't put his name in to be a chaperone. So he didn't get chosen and um, it was this big thing. And I was like, I just didn't take it personal. Did it, was it fun being attacked? No. And they called me a racist and all these different things, which is so not um, 
not real, but you know, it's hard to not take it personal. And I get, you know, what you say, Ryan, about like, I, I really care. And I do too, like, don't get me wrong. And I think maybe people just need to take your, try to take yourself out of the situation. And, you know, I think this question came from a teacher and I would say as a principal, you had more, you probably had more experience with parents coming at you on a daily basis, you know, and in my experience as an administrator, after all said was done, because this too shall pass what's happening now, it will, it will go away. Something was happening in that parent's life that they took it out on you. Unfortunately, we are public figures as educators and people can just come at you sideways for something kind of connected to their child in the classroom, even though it's not really fair because they're going through a divorce. They got evicted. Uh, they have no money, whatever it may be. They're just an unhappy person. So just don't take it personal. Obviously like do your best and care and all that good stuff, which I'm sure, I'm sure you're doing that, but just forget about it. Get over it. Focus on the kids. Don't worry about them as best as you can and make sure your principal is there to back you up. Now I think the like, Going along with that, I think have you ever have you ever talked to your kids' teachers about something? I mean, I think yeah. we all have, and sometimes how that's perceived is different than what our intention is too. Because I know for me, I've gone to you know uh, one of my teachers, one of my ch- kids' teachers was out on a long term um, leave for um, child for a child care issue, and so what I did is I I emailed the principal and I asked kind of hey what's going on with this. And the principal forwarded it to the teacher and the teacher felt like I was coming at her sideways and I didn't, you know, that was not my intention at all. And so I think that that put it in a little bit of perspective for me because I wasn't trying to come at anybody sideways, but it's all about perception on the receiving end and looking at that as well. I also think too, to that point, it's just like, like I'm not worried about like your feelings and I know that comes off way harsher than I really mean, but like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like, you know what? Just like we're humans and we're adults. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation and talk about it. Let's stop trying to tiptoe around it. You know, like if you're upset with your spouse, say, say something to her, you know, honey, like yesterday you borrowed my car and you drove it all day and you left it without gas rather than being passive aggressive or not wanting to hurt her feelings or something like that. Like just come out and say it. Like, I know I totally forgot. Um, because if this happened, this happened, that happened. Oh, right on. Thanks for letting me know. And whatever example may be just like, you know, like why I'm here to serve and work with the kids. Yes. The parents are an integral part of that. But if you're going to come at me, don't come at me. I'm not coming at, I'm not coming at you. So tell them I will talk to you when you can calm down and talk to me in a respectful tone. And sometimes maybe with that parent, you have to get, another adult in the room as backup, if you will. And just for support, because nobody should come at anyway. If you come at your doctor like that, the doctor's going to leave the room and they're going to call the police or security. But why do people think that they can come at teachers that way? If you come at the police officer like that, you're about to get arrested, you know, no matter who you are. Like you just can't do that. You can't be at a city council meeting and start yelling and screaming and coming at the mayor sideways. They're going to call the deputy sheriff that's right outside and have him come arrest you. So why should people should be able to come at teachers? They should not. Well, amen to that. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, I'm not saying anybody should be, should take that, you know, and I think 
as educators, we need to get to a point where we need, we talk about bullying all the time mm-hmm. with kids, but we don't talk about adult bullying. And that happens so much yeah, true. in our, in our, in our education careers sure. is that, you know, parents come at us. They think that they, they can do talk to us any certain way. I'm 100% stand behind you on saying that, Hey, if somebody comes at you like that, End the conversation. Walk away. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for you to sit, stand there and just take it. Yeah. Go schedule, reschedule, schedule meeting, bring in your administrator, bring in another teacher yeah. and have a conversation where there's multiple ears listening yeah. and we can, we can have a productive conversation. Agreed. Question two. I like my school and community, but I feel I need to, I need to change schools. What advice do you have? Get your resume ready and get some letters of recommendation and don't just change schools. I would do research on those schools because grass is just different grass. It's not always greener. I've learned that um, the hard way in my career. And I would say do as much research on the teachers at that school, um, just from friends or social media. I would say go and email the principal. Can I meet with you to talk about your school? Ask them questions, what they love about their school. What are the challenges? Um, what, you know, what do you feel you need in the teaching staff? Where do you want to bring this school? And just you need to interview. They're going to interview you. You need to interview them before they interview you because you might think like, hey, actually, I can work within my school environment with what I have. So um, I'm a firm believer in changing environments and changing schools if you need to. I think it's actually healthy to not be in the same place for too long. I mean, I've had six jobs in the last nine years and it all feels natural. It was all just natural evolution of my of my career. Um and everybody's a little bit different, but that's my advice. Interview them, do some research, and then see what see what uh, see what comes up. Yeah, go go walk the site. I think walking the mm-hmm. site is is huge, and yeah, just be able important. to see if you could do it during a school day and get that energy, feel that energy. Because, like Adam said, yeah, grass is grass; it's not always greener, and it's important to make sure that you fit fit right in that in that school yep. and what you're doing. Because I I think we all have that feeling of we all get that feeling of that we. We might need to change schools. We might need to do something different, but rushing into that is not, is not the right thing to do. Really make sure it is the right fit Mm -hmm. Uh, because if it's not the right fit, you are going to be wishing that you were back at your previous school with your previous staff and community. Um, And so really just take your time, make sure it's right for you, right for your family and go from there. Question number three, I'm an aspiring administrator. How do I get started with looking for jobs and putting feelers out there? Um, So I think, you know, uh, kind of similar answer. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Get, you know, get your stuff, get your resume going, get your letters of rec going, and um, look for look for the postings. Look for what's out there, and don't think that um, you see one posting that you really want, and you you put all your eggs into one basket. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, I know for me to get my first administrative job. I want to say I applied to probably 20 plus jobs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Before I landed my first interview. And I think landing that first interview was, was the most uh, crucial thing for me because it gave me some major insight into what were some of the questions going to be. Um, I think, you know, looking at that, look for some mentors. You know, I know mm-hmm. um, Adam and I love talking to people, love coaching people through processes. What might be an interview question or how, what does it mean? What, kind of point of view would you take on this certain situation? So, you know, reach out to people, reach out to Adam and I, we'd love to chat with you and connect and kind of help coach you through it, but really look for people that um, have been successful in it. 
Ask a lot of questions. Don't be afraid to ask connect questions and build connections. They're going to help you into that next level. Yeah. So I think this is a two-part question. If you're if you're an assistant principal looking to be a principal, that's one thing. I'll talk about you want you're a teacher and you want to become a, like an assistant principal. And I 100 100% firmly believe that. I don't think anybody should go right from the classroom to being a principal. I know people do it. I don't agree with it. I think it's so healthy and so important and you learn so much when you can be an assistant principal first. But let's say you're an elementary school teacher and you want to be an assistant principal. You know, I was lucky. I was actually an elementary school principal of a elementary school. Um, and I was an elementary school teacher. And actually, Ryan was the PE teacher yeah. um, at that time. So we go way back, well, like 10 years back. Um, but to get to there... Uh, I went and I shadowed teachers. I took a day off. I got a sub on my own on my own time, and I went to just shadow a couple assistant principals, which I think was really really important. And you know, from the teacher to the assistant principal position, I think it's really really important to apply for as many jobs as you can. I applied and interviewed for a high school vice principal job. I did not want that job. I did not want that job, but I wanted the experience of the interview. I interviewed for that job. I was second for that job. I didn't get it. And I was glad I didn't get it, but the experience was invaluable. Two weeks later, I got the call for the job that I ended up getting. And I was on vacation. I actually drove home, interviewed, got the call that same day, drove back to our cabin in Lake Tahoe, got my wife, and then drove home and started work the next day. But the point is, I got the experience. Now, people listening to this, some people live in rural America where there's not, I mean, we live where there's tons and tons tons of of districts, tons of opportunities. So you know what? Apply for a job that's like an hour and a half away. You know you're not going to take that job, but you want the experience of the interview. And also, you do it farther away, so people don't know you probably, and your name's not going around as like, oh, they're applying for all these different jobs. That's the experience piece. When you're an aspiring administrator, take any assistant principal job you can get. I firmly believe that. Um, I was a vice principal for two years. I think you were two-year vice principal, Ryan. You know, two to five years. And then you're going to be ready. And then that step, we'll ask this on the next show. That step from assistant principal to principal is a totally different um, conversation, in my opinion. And I'll go over that question in the next show. Uh, Question four. There are some teachers on my grade level team that I don't get along with. How do I work through this? Well, um, the first thing is you try to work through them. And second thing is when you close your door, you're in charge of your classroom and they aren't. So you do what you can. And the third thing you do is you ask your principal to change grade levels. I did this a few times because I had people in my grade level that just did not do what's best for kids and I couldn't be around that. And if that doesn't work, then you transfer schools and you go somewhere else. Uh, I have a lot of people reach out to me on a weekly basis. I'm frustrated, this and that. And I'm like, you need to leave. You need to go somewhere else. That is a time when you actually do need a new environment because there's only so much you can do with what you have at your school and personalities are personalities. And if people just don't think your way, if they're giving worksheets and packets and not doing what's best for kids and you are thinking in an innovative way and do it, wanting to do things differently, then yeah, it makes it really hard to move forward as a team, not just by yourself, but as a team. So, um, I would say that would be my, uh, that'd be my best advice. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I and I think you know, you got to do what's right for you. You know, and you got to do what what's right for your students. Bottom line is that you are in charge of those kids that are on your roster each and every day. 
Um, nobody else is. And what I tell students that don't get along is, hey, you come to school, you don't have to be friends with this person, but you have to be able to work with this person. And that goes with the same thing with adults. You don't have to be friends with every single member on your grade level team. I'll tell you right now, it's going to make your job so much more enjoyable if you are, but you don't have to. Um, but you do have to be able to come to school each and every day and get the job done. Um, sit down, have those conversations with them, have those difficult conversations. Don't beat around the bush um, and talk, tell them, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's bothering me. If you guys can't grow through that, you can't go past it, then yeah, you do need to look for a different placement. You need to look for another job opportunity where it will be better because sometimes sometimes the teams aren't going to get better. Sometimes you change grade levels and they might get worse. It's worse to stay. You're going to be brought down. They're going to suck you into their negative vortex of anguish and misery and um you're gonna you're gonna become just you're gonna become that teacher and that's the last thing that you want to do if you're thinking a certain way so run and hide and go somewhere else and and don't wait to do that because no. you know some of them things some do of, not get better people do not change some of my <laughs> some, of the, some of the teachers i know that you know i know that they had what they had inside them when they started and then they got put in these grade levels or these departments and they have been sucked into the negativity yeah. that's been happening and they have changed drastically. They, they are totally different educators yeah. and totally different people than five years ago. People don't change. I married my wife nine years ago. I knew she couldn't cook. She doesn't like to cook. <laughs> she, she, she still doesn't. Today, as I was coming over to your house, she's like, I'm like, what are you making for dinner, honey? And she kind of looks at me. She's like, I'll make dinner tonight. She found some recipe about um, seared scallops. And I'm like, I just laughed. I'm like, you don't know how to sear scallops. She's like, I know, I don't. Like, and we laughed about it. But the point is, like, people don't change. Either <laughs> you're, you're one way. You can adjust a little bit. But, like, people just don't change. So it's time to go. Whoever asked this question, it is time to go. Time to go. All right. Question number five. What hurdles are you facing in education right now? And how are you overcoming them? Um, I think for me, we're – Personally, I'm in a time of the year where it is go, go, go. And there are so many different things happening with our state state's budget and school budget and our district budget. And that's been a major um, hurdle for me right now. And just like morale is down around it because when you're talking about cuts and when you're talking about how are you going to readjust um, spending or how are you going to stop spending, um, it makes it difficult. And so for me, one of the things that I did is uh, or I do is I try to have as much fun as I can, right? And those days where I am stressed to no to no end, and I'm in meetings, I'll hop out of a meeting, I'll run over real quick, I'll grab, jump on a tricycle, and I'll ride. I'll ride around. Uh, the other day, an off my office door opened up, and here I come riding through the office. And my office staff they went from this like head down focusing mode, uh, kind of you know just been super busy to looking up, laughing following me outside and then taking turns riding the tricycle out in front of the school, yeah. having a blast on it. Kids were looking at us like, oh my gosh, these guys love to have fun. So looking for those opportunities to really um, sometimes step away from all the heart, the stuff that you are fighting, the stuff you are combating, because these jobs are not easy. You know, we're working with children's lives each and every day and we want to make be the best of possible as best as possible as we can. But there's so many external things coming at us. And for me right now, I would have to say the morale is a big piece of it and really trying to boost that. Yeah, you know, I'm not in a school anymore or even in a school district anymore, but um, obviously past experience and I work with schools and districts every week. I would say, you know, there's some things that we just can't change. And 
you know, testing and, and, and evaluation. So I, I believe that we shouldn't even like talk about those and complain about those because you just can't change them. So why even try? But, you know, with that being said, I, I think one of the biggest problems in education that we're all facing is there's just, there's just too many initiatives. There's too many things that schools and districts are trying to do. I, I believe that education needs an audit. We have to like audit ourselves of the programs and the resources and everything else um, that, that, that we're doing because you just can't do them all. I mean, like we talked about this on the podcast before, Ryan, you had 16 soccer games last week. Yeah. Your kids are only playing soccer right now. If you try to have them play soccer and basketball and, you know, winter swimming, you'd have like 50 events. Like you just couldn't do it all. And that's what we do in education. And these principals, and I was there, have all these things that they go to a meeting, they have to go back to their school site and roll these all these things out with their staff. And then you're not doing anything well. And how about everything that you rolled out last month or last year? Where is that? Lost time, lost, lost money, lost energy. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can do something about. I think superintendents and directors and principals and school boards really need to stop um, and have a garage sale of the programs and the initiatives and what they're trying to do and what they're trying not to do um, in, in education. I, I think that's a really important thing. So, yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Tweet us your questions at Mr. Adam welcome or at she RW. And we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week and be sure to tune in.